You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey friends, welcome back. Or for the first time, I keep saying welcome back. I don't know your life. But anyways, I'm Josie. Oh, and this is the Speaking Interest Podcast. Oh my gosh. It's fine. I'm Josie. <laughs> and I'm Spencer. And uh, this week, we have our new friend, Abby Anderson. She is a dog, mon- dog mom extraordinaire. Um, and she just said, who needs a man, even though we are all three married women. So that's hilarious. You know? Point still stands. <laughs> still makes sense. <laughs> I, I think we're all under the understanding that um, we don't need men. We choose to have them. <laughs> We choose to keep them around. I just yes. need somebody to reach the tall shelves. Mm. Oh, true. That doesn't have to be a man. That could be anybody. Or a stepladder. True. I also have a stepladder, but I'm afraid of heights. So there's kind oh, of a, mm-hmm. you know, I get that. a middle area. All right. We'll keep the man. <laughs> well, Abby, today we are talking about something that I know a little bit about, but from a different perspective. Anyways, we're talking about the Assemblies of God. Wow. What a wild ride. What a wild time. We can't wait to hear all about your testimony, your life story. Oh my gosh. Your other words I still don't know. Tell us all about your time in the Assemblies of God denomination. (laughs) Okay. Um, I got saved uh, when I was 13. I had a friend that was annoying and kept asking me to go to youth group with him. And I finally said, if I go with you, will you shut up? And he said, yeah. So I went and uh, I think I just kind of liked the music. I don't know that I really like equated it with like God Mm. at that point, but something must have happened because apparently, you know, I stayed and I got saved. I don't really remember if there was like a certain moment that I was like, I need this, but it just uh, felt like home. But it was, uh, it's a very interesting time when you grow up and nobody else in your family is a Christian. And then all of a sudden you're just thrown into a Pentecostal church. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was taken uh, in by a bunch of uh, Pentecostal old ladies and they did this thing during mornings on uh, before church service on Sundays that we had like a prayer room an hour before service. Um, And they would just, scream and holler and you could hear them throughout the whole church so like those that's the kind of experience like from like knowing nothing to just wabam spirit-filled old ladies (laughs) it was crazy and then Mm. all the conventions and camps and did you do fine arts do you know what fine arts is no i didn't what is that um it is um I guess the only secular uh, correlation I could make to it is kind of like how in 4-H they do, like, you can make speeches and and certain things um, and do art. Uh, But it was, we did these things called human videos where you're kind of like acting out a song. 
Um, and I feel then, like lots of videos have humans in them. <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> they were, do. Was that like a, um, like the Lifehouse skit? Is isn't that yes. like a human video? Okay. Oh yeah, gosh! I mean, Great. Like, I was Satan. <laughs> I I like. I'm not jealous of being Satan, but kind of because our youth group did that and I like wanted to be in it so bad. And to this day, we joke my friend that played the alcoholic in that, like in that little human thing. Yeah. To this day, she's like, who would have known that it was just a precursor of what was actually going to happen in my life? You know, you never Mm -hmm. know. (laughs) Yeah. I, I was Satan and I have a twin sister and she was it was always her and then my friend Eric were like Jesus and the main character. Yes. Yes. So this, my sister was the main character. But we uh we had uh human videos and then we did like a huge puppet team where like the puppets would sing songs and there was like a stage and you had signs and you held them up at different points during the song. It was all very involved. Yeah, I did that one. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. We ended up going to uh, nationals for that one in like 2017, which was a whole nother insane experience. It was the National Youth Convention of the Assemblies of God also. So just, it used to be the RCA Dome in Indianapolis, um, which is now Lucas Oil Stadium. It was in a place like that, like it was that big. So, you know, just a lot of really excitable, hormonal teenagers being emotionally manipulated by old white men. Was there lots of lights and smoke? Of course. Yeah. I mean, did you really go to a convention if there was not like a fog machine? Yeah, there there was one that... um I went to was like our high school camp was more like a convention and one year they had like you know those um like paper bracelets like when you go to a concert you may mm-hmm. have so they and they're you know those are pretty strong like you can't just rip it mm-hmm. um they put those so at like the morning service all of us got two of those one for each arm and on the inside where no one can see we were supposed to write what we were struggling with you know oh god and then that night during the main service that was when it really got emotional our youth leaders put one in between them and they were supposed to be like chains like you're chained to your sin and then you know they played like a break every chain song and they were like now everybody like pull it as hard as you can and like jesus is gonna free you from your sins and i remember being like jesus you're not gonna free me this is really hard Oh my God, I'm never going to get freed. I think that growing up in a poorer church kind of saved me from a lot of this stuff. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Possibly. Conventions are not cheap to go to. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think to go to, again, that was like our version of going to camp and they were always on like Christian college campuses. Like the first one I went to was at Biola University. Oh my. And um, yeah, it cost him like, like somewhere between like three and 400 bucks to go for a week, which, you know, for a week long camp is pretty reasonable compared to other places, but that's still a lot of money for a lot of families, especially if you have multiple kids going. So yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. they had like scholarships and stuff, but it was, mm-hmm. it was still a lot. Fundraising. Yeah. yeah I, uh, went to some camps i mean i went to like did you have missionettes 
we did, but that was like past my age range. But I had uh, like some friends that were leaders in missionettes. Mm. Oh yeah, because so. you probably you, did you start going as an adult. I started going when I was like 14. So I was kind of like on the the edge of where you could have still been in like the stars group yeah, or yeah. you could have gone to youth group. Oh, cool. Yeah, so my church did all the way through high school, but we wow. we went to those camps where they had cheer team competitions. So you could your church could have yes. like a cheerleading team. I can't tell you how many times us little kids were dropped when they were trying to do some stunts <laughs> in the parking lot on the It was intense. People were very serious about it, but nobody leaves church camp unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Missionettes is like the assemblies of God, girl scouts, right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Except no cookies, no fun stuff. You just, no, you just oh. get patches. Yeah. So the boring I, part of girls <laughs> yeah although you just get the swag you know yeah i you did i completed the stars challenge multiple times of reading the whole bible and that was my claim to fame at church as i read the whole bible wow you you should really just like put that on your resume i know that that is work <laughs> mm-hmm. especially leviticus <sighs> girl revelations was hard for me because i was so scary it's <laughs> terrifying yeah let's and- talk about that because they just don't even try to make that not scary when they're preaching it and they don't censor Over. it for us either no no yeah it's absolutely terrifying i remember i like had a panic attack like the first time i was thinking about it like this is like when left behind was a huge thing oh no and i was like oh god Jesus is going to come back and then like there's going to be like I don't know dragons I don't know like whatever yeah. kind of like metaphorical beast or whatever it was terrible yeah I remember I tried to name my instrument in high school because I was in the marching band I tried to name it Jezebel and my dad was so pissed at me he's like how dare <laughs> you it's like it's a nice name Dan I was trying to be a little facetious but... into our home. <laughs> it was I never practiced I never took that instrument home who are we kidding <laughs> I wanted to be in band so bad it my mom was... said no your mom saved you because marching band is a shit show okay this is a quick aside everybody sorry about it i don't care it's my podcast um marching band sucked because you had to be at rehearsal all the time people think it's easy but it's really hard to walk really fast in a way where you're not bouncing so you have to like tighten your core and you have to move your feet all weird and play at the same time and then so you have to like have your music memorized you have to be able to have enough breath to play the fucking instrument and you have to move really fast it's too hard (laughs) i didn't play that was my i just didn't play i played like every other bar or something like that because like this is you're asking too much of me and just like yeah and my instrument was heavy i also had to hold the thing oh no it was too much it was too much but anyways aside over thank you all for putting up with that um what how how did you get out like what was that process like oh god okay um i feel like i've been like progressively kind of pulling myself away probably starting when i was like 20 just because I mean, there's a lot of people in the church that 
um, they do things and they claim to be Christians and you just can't equate that with like if somebody's being an absolute jerk, you know, to them loving Jesus and we're supposed to act like Jesus. So is Jesus a jerk? You know, that kind of thing. It was just, I just kind of, for some reason, started seeing them as like real people, which sounds dumb, but like when you're like, you get saved and you're young, you're like, we're different. We are new, but mm-hmm. I'm like, they're the same and they're hurting me because they're being like rude. And, uh, we had a, a, uh, a youth leader at the time who was, you know, he had just gotten married. Him and his wife were very young, probably shouldn't have been put in that position. Um, but it was kind of like dealing with your high school mean girl when I was dealing with her. And that just kind of helped kick me out the door. Um, I tried to go to other churches, but I just never really felt like the release, I guess you'd say, to just go ahead and do that. But so I kind of just kept it to myself as far as like my doubts and things like that, because, you know, if you bring it up during like prayer time, they're going to be like, oh, God, let's pray for you. You know, the Lord will, you know, make you stay. But I ended up moving out of state. So uh, when I was 20, I moved to Indiana, uh, where my husband was living. And so that honestly, once I was on my own, I just really, my desire to like go and read my Bible every day and deal with people's shit (laughs) (laughs) tanked Mm -hmm. so hard. And it just got to the point where, uh, I think even before, well, when we were married, my husband would like kind of get upset with me sometimes because I didn't always want to go and he always did because that's how he was raised. And uh, so for a while, I felt like I was corrupting him. (laughs) But it just just got to the point where I was like, Jesus, if if these are your people, I'm going to stay at home. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I mean, wow. What a relatable experience. Lots of us, I feel like there's plenty of people who only get out when they can move away, you know, because otherwise they keep trying to suck you back in, keep texting you, keep calling you. But once you're in a different state, they tend to leave you alone. It becomes your whole life because Mm -hmm. I mean, you're there for youth group, you're there on Sundays, all your friends are there. Mm -hmm. Like, so if you wanted to leave, you would be basically just like leaving all your friends Mm -hmm. and all your like extracurricular type activities. Yeah. So that's a big leap to make, you know, when you're not totally 100% sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you grow up in a small town? I grew up in, I don't know if I'd call it a small town. It was definitely suburban. Mm. Um, we didn't have a mall. <laughs> you had to go across the river to go to the mall. Um, but I'd, I'd say it, it was, it was fairly small. 
Because I feel like that could also play a huge factor in it. Because the smaller your town, the harder it is to like change your rhythms because people really start talking. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of people from, we had maybe like a 200, 300 people size church. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everywhere you went, like you would see somebody, you know, and mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be seen as bad, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, especially in a context where we're always told that we were born bad, we were, we're yeah. bad unless we are at the church. So leaving said church then just automatically makes you bad. Yeah. At least to them. That yeah. was another thing that was hard to deal with because they do really, I mean, when they're trying to evangelize, they really make that separation very clear. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to to think of that and not think of yourself in that, you know, bad lighting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of friends that, um, you know, left the church after moving because of that. Like they went to you know, like the private Christian school that was like associated with the church. And then they went to like public high school, but again, all of their friends like went from that private school to the high school and they still went to youth group or Bible study, you know, all of that. Um, and so, like you said, like that was their whole life. Like their friends were there. They did, you know, they played like in the youth band or did whatever, like all of their extracurriculars and things like that. Or again, even if they did like a sport at school, nine times out of 10, somebody on that team was going to be from church too. So it was just one of those things of that was your whole life. And then, you know, they move away. And a lot of times parents would be like, Oh, like kids lose their faith when they go to college or this and that. And I'm like, Um, I mean, they just get like exposed to other things and they realize like, again, of when you're removed from situations, you can kind of see like, cause that happened to me of like moving away and being like, yeah, there were some really good things, but there was also a lot of things that were not so great. And when you finally remove yourself, you're able to process them and make those choices of like, are these the kind of people that I still want to align myself with and hang out and build my life with? And unfortunately, a lot of us have been hurt enough that we don't want to. And, you know, that's when people are like, well, like, did you really have faith? Like, because people hurt you, like God didn't hurt you. And I'm like, again, like when literally we're commanded to be his hands and feet, if you're hurting me, then like, obviously people aren't going to want to come back, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, yeah, that's, really true it was to the point where you you just when you get to that point where you do want to leave and people say you lose your faith it's it's not really you losing your faith it's just you're being opened up to more of the world because I feel like you're really really in a bubble Mm. And there's like the secular world and the Christian world, and you're supposed to not be of that world. And so I feel like they view that like, oh, they've got their like claws in you because you like went to a bar and had a beer like, oh, God, no. Like, and that just always seemed so stupid to me. Yeah. Was your church anti-drinking? Yes. Mm. I've always wondered if that was an agey thing or just... Uh, my church thing 
I think a lot of churches are like that, even in the sense of like, like the church that I grew up in, like, I don't know if it would like, I don't know if it would be anti-drinking in the sense of like, they weren't like, you cannot drink like from the pulpit, but like nobody ever talked about it. Like, like for sure, like knew like, cause my pastor would talk about like him and his wife being sober and like being proud of that. Yeah. And so, and like having those conversations with adults of just being like, yeah, we don't drink because we don't think it's like the right thing to do. And so, yeah, I think it, again, it was one of those, they probably didn't preach it from the pulpit because they wanted people to come and they didn't want people to like be steered away by that. But it was definitely the, like, if you're in the in crowd, then like, you're not, you're not doing that. There would definitely be a few raised eyes for eyebrows and some scandalized old ladies. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the old ladies <laughs> that get scandalized. They're so funny. It, I have any of you experienced, um, like people changing and then like trying to pretend they didn't act a certain way in the sense of like, there's people that I did, I used to go to church with that 100% would be like, drinking's wrong. Like, how dare you? And now they definitely do. And they pretend like they never had that stance. If that makes sense. Honestly, that fucking pisses me off about some people who, (laughs) I mean, a lot of things piss me off, obviously listeners, but it pisses me off because it's like, just say that you learned and you grew and you moved on with your life. You don't have to pretend. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely people, um, not even just from like youth group age, but people that I knew like like from college that like were very like, that's not my scene. And again, uh, the difference between like them being like, I don't want to underage drink because I'm like, whatever, I get that. But people even after we were old enough being like, that's not my scene. And now like on Instagram, like they're like out to dinner with my spouse and like are clearly drinking. And I'm like, what happened? Like. They got married. I've noticed yeah. that that people get married and they start drinking. That's true. <laughs> now that I'm married, I can do whatever I want. Again, and again, I'm not saying it's bad. Like I'm not. I, I I'm glad. Like you're living your life. Like you should enjoy that. But again, it's just weird to be like, why are you pretending? Like exactly what Josie said. Like just say like, hey, I grew. I have a new thought, and I'd be like, cool. But they are very much like, I was never like that. What do you mean? And I'm like. Are you kidding me right now? You used to I was always fine with looks. this. I just didn't want to say anything. Yeah, I'm like, mm. used to, I was like, we even go to Applebee's and you give me a weird look. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, they had those dollar margaritas. Of course you were gonna drink at Applebee's. Come on. I don't I don't know if I'd still drink a dollar margarita at Applebee's. <gasps> Why? Okay. They're questionable at best. Yes. I don't think I would I would drink a dollar margarita from Applebee's today. But 21-year-old well, Spencer in it's college... It's advisable at your current state. Well, that's well, true, okay, too. Okay, yes. I'm not thinking <laughs> about now. I'm just saying, like, in Wait, general... I need to hear why. I love dollar drinks at Applebee's. <laughs> the number one thing I have... I've had a friend that worked there. Oh, no. And it's very much the, like... They pour the whole bottle into a five-gallon bucket and then a bunch of just sugar water. And so she's like, it's a dollar for a reason. Like that's, if you think you're getting Yeah, she's like, if you think you're getting lit, it's literally 100 percent you're either the lightest lightweight or the placebo effect. Well, I'm 100 percent a lightweight. This is why I like the Applebee dollar. <laughs> There's just something about it being in a bucket that I can't do. Yes, a like five-gallon bucket with a little spigot. They're just yeah, that's just I nope. 
I'm from the hood. I can drink anything. <laughs> you can have it. More for you. I've okay, seen lots of things. This this makes me laugh because the the after youth group like Applebee's hangout to dollar <laughs> yep. margarita drinking people is a straight like there's a pipeline it's a straight line yes. Yep. Yes. there absolutely um, is if you went to Applebee's after youth group and got lit on some like appetizers you 100% want to go to Applebee's with your friends and drink dollar margarita. or Denny's <laughs> yes and social you go to de- social drinking mm-hmm. you go to Denny's as an adult and wonder why does Denny's not have alcohol <laughs> I Denny's know should I feel like some of them are going to put in bars. You know, the next day when they're They're, completely over. Yeah. There's 100%. um, If y'all are from Southern California and you know where the Ontario airport is, there is a Denny's there that has a bar, like, connected to it. It's like Mm. Denny's in Mm. the front, and Mm. then there's a bar in the back. And I always just am like, wow. They really knew their audience. (laughs) Absolutely. We love it. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I love that so much. Speaking of pipelines, I'm curious because I had a very different experience with purity culture in the AG because Latin people don't really like to talk about sex with children. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, like a people yeah it was very much like a don't do it and we didn't nobody told us about purity rings because again we were poor so like it was just like don't do it and um we had some little visuals of like yeah tape or whatever but it wasn't like a huge thing i mean once I got to the Baptist church, then it got a little bit crazy. But what was your experience like? I mean, you went to the, you had money enough to go to the convention. So I got to yep. hear about this. Went to that convention. <laughs> okay. So it was literally from the jump. We would have like a girl's Bible study before youth group. Once I started going to that church and it was taught by these two particular ladies whose favorite thing to talk about was premarital sex like i i i doubt we had a lesson in that like bible study where i didn't hear how this lady had sex in the back of the truck when she was 15 because her boyfriend was like if you love me you'll let me and like then we would go through like the whole bible verse about how no like homosexual offenders and like blah 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 will inherit the kingdom of god like it was so in everything and then on top of that we had a purity ceremony at my church (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) were dads involved yes 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 my dad who does not love jesus what a guy came and okay so we had to i feel so wear white dresses (laughs) and walk down an aisle with our dad Mm -mm. and Mm -mm. then like the pastor got up and started talking about sexual purity and how like sex after marriage is like so great sex 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 and then your dad gives you your purity ring (laughs) you say a prayer and then there's like a buffet. What in the white ass nonsense is this? I had a tiara. I feel Mm-mm. I feel like you, like you said your your dad isn't like Christian. So I feel like that was just as scarring for him as your it was. Your dad is traumatized. <laughs> I feel so bad now. 
for like you like calling your dad hey dad remember i made you go to that purity thing i'm really sorry <laughs> did your dad walk you down the aisle at your wedding yeah fuck PTSD. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, maybe that was like redeeming for him, or maybe nope. he was like, it wasn't because I forgot to kiss him at the end of the aisle when he gave me away. So he uh. just had no good times with us. <sighs> Poor dad. And okay. I just but like weird thing to be bitter about. Anyways, okay, but <laughs> yeah. here's the thing. Like, tell me this isn't weird. If you, as a dad took your whatever age daughter to a purity ball, gave her a purity ring and was like, she's not going to have sex till she gets married. And then on her wedding day, you have to walk her down the aisle to a man and like, give it to like, give her to this man. And you were literally being like, here you go. Here's who you're going to have sex with. Did he snatch that ring back? Like, please, please (laughs) tell me that's not like, again, like that's traumatic. Like that must be traumatic for dads. Like what? Let's, let's fucking talk about the wedding day. Okay. So I, you know, this whole time, uh, during were you a good girl? church, I was, I was well. so good that I had no fucking idea what I was doing the night of my wedding guys you it was like a weird team building experience. No. a weird um, team building experience no but mm. they like all day all day i was like everybody knows everybody knows i have to have sex tonight oh god i have to have sex i was like freaking out about it like people were doing the dollar dance with me and i was like they know i'm having sex i have to have sex <laughs> like it was so freaking traumatizing and i was so paranoid about people knowing and then i was like well the wedding has to get done at this time because if it's not dark i can't have sex if it's not dark outside i don't know <laughs> it was fucked but uh, yeah it's it fucked was- <laughs> i'm so sorry for laughing but the like idea that like your stress at the wedding has to be done because you can't have sex with when unless it's dark also just implies to me that you thought like as soon as we close the door of the hotel we are at like we are gonna be like boning like and let me tell you what actually happened i'm ready okay so i'm in this dress okay it's a corset back I can't get out of it myself, but I'm a good Christian girl and I do not want to be like unholy or anything. So I step into the bathroom and I crack the door like just enough for him to like undo the corset back and then slam it in his face, take like the world's longest shower and like in the shower I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh God, I need to stall. I need to stall. Hey, are you hungry? We should order a pizza. So we ordered a pizza (laughs) and then we went through like, by the way, I shampooed my hair like twice in there too, like just to like really, you know, waste time. Really taking your time there. <laughs> yep. You know, making it count. And uh, then we went through every single one of our wedding cards and like counted all our money. And then when we were done with our pizza, we were just sitting there fucking terrified. Poor babies. Because they're all you ever hear is that it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And then all of a sudden it's good and you're just supposed to be like, woohoo, like. And a switch. And nobody even gives you directions, like. No. Yeah, because you can't watch porn, you can't look at sex books, you can't like this, Google I, positions. <laughs> I had one lady that gave me a book called The Marriage Bed, which also has like a website. And it was somewhat helpful, but 
in a way that like, you're like, I'm going to learn how to ski. And then you read a book about skiing, you know, like it's not mm-hmm. really that helpful. Mm-hmm. This is okay. So there were uh, diagrams. That mm-hmm. were <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> this is like, uh, so if y'all have been listening, you know, we had an episode with our friend Amber talking about how ladies at her church tried to throw her like a little like, like sex lunch. party. Yeah. Like basically a sex party of like ladies from the church being like, let me tell you about the wedding night. So this doesn't happen. And like, at first, like when Amber's telling me this, I'm like, this is really creepy. And now I'm like, damn, Abby, how come none of these ladies are you right i would have loved some like like a pep talk or something yes you know? and that, like, and that too it didn't have to be old ladies like like amber was like yeah it was an older lady but she was saying how like her daughter and her daughter's friends would like take me to lunch and have a conversation and like for amber she was like well that's weird but i feel like someone like you that it would actually have been beneficial <laughs> Well, and also I got, we got married at 22. So like none of our friends were married. We're married. So, so you can call like up I your had, girlfriend. Yeah. No. Be like, what did you do? If I wanted to talk to somebody, I would have had to like call up some of my friends that, you know, had sinned and had sex before marriage, but I'm not oh. allowed to do that. because Yeah. You can't ask them for advice. advice. Yes. Can't. It didn't count. I'm so stressed yeah. for you right now. <laughs> yeah. It was. Woo. I like want to, uh, I want to like throw you a, like a redo wedding reception so you can enjoy it without, oh. the without freaking out about sex. Yeah, because, okay, when you're talking about the dollar dance, like I just think about like, like who would I dance with during the dollar dance? Like my family, um, literally like my husband and I worked at the same company when we got married. So like our boss like danced <laughs> with me uh-huh. and like, I didn't have to deal with the like, cause my husband and I were living together like nobody in that room thought we were going to be doing anything for the first time and so like I did not have to deal with any of this like oh my god like and again my dad drove me to our hotel and I feel like if I was a virgin that would have been really weird like Mm -hmm. my dad driving into my hotel but for me it was like my husband is a little drunk I'm in a dress I can't drive my dad's sober he's gonna just take me like whatever it's not a big deal Oh my gosh, I can't right now. Okay, so you have your little fucking purity debutante ball or whatever. Yep. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, I think I was 16. That's too old. I don't know. Yeah, I was literally thinking like, because I've heard my friends have done this and they were like 12, 13. Mm-hmm. I feel like you Which is too six- young. <laughs> I feel like you being too 16. Too young to be talking about sex. <laughs> honestly you being 16 i feel like makes it more traumatic for your dad like rip there's like no good age for this oh, like no. 15 is still too old 14 is and too I young have, like, it's, my no. sister was doing it too so he had two of them. <gasps> no <laughs> your poor dad for the whole yep. okay when people are like see this is another prime example when people are like feminists they only want to think about women no i'm thinking about men in this moment that poor father poor dad it was an incredibly unfortunate situation for all involved but at least they got cake you know Amen. Mm, yeah i guess so at your, wedding, at your wedding too i hope yep good oh my gosh yeah i and this is the reason why in college i was very sex positive 
and everybody asked me all the questions because we went to private Christian school and you'd be surprised at how many people were actually like, so, so what is, what is sex? Like I had to explain sex to these people. Like you are 20 years old. How do you not know what sex is? Do you not watch TV? Okay. You made a good point about like, oh, I can't call my friend who was a sinner. When you go to Christian college, if your friends know that you're sexually active, they are 100% going to be like, um, I have a question. Can yep. you answer this for me? And for me, I was like, yeah, I'll answer. Like, we're not going to like shame you. Like again, because I like Josie had the mentality of like, you are a full grown adult. Like mm-hmm. we need to have some conversations right now. <laughs> And they would only ask me if they were drunk, though, because they couldn't they couldn't muster up the courage when they were sober. See, I hung up with I hung out with the girls that were like, we have no filter. So we would be like, like in places I didn't want to talk about it, like in the middle of Target, like I'm freaking oh, looking at bananas and they're like, hey, I have a question. I mean, bananas, though. <laughs> True. Bananas. Maybe that was it. But yeah, they'd be like, I have a question. And I'm like, can we talk about this in the car? Like in the middle of the grocery store. <laughs> yeah lots of my friends knew that i was sleeping around with people at school so you know whatever i wish i hadn't waited controversial opinion but i wish not here not obviously not here (laughs) because i yeah no i mean one it's freaking traumatizing and two like i also wish that we didn't we didn't live it together at all until Mm -hmm. our wedding night and you just don't know somebody you really don't people like to think it's all cute and fuzzy and like oh we're married now we have a house and it's like but what if he doesn't pick up his fucking socks what if the way that he lives his life on the day-to-day basis is absolutely infuriating to you you're gonna hate that guy his socks and he still doesn't pick up his socks (laughs) and well and here's the deal too of like i am one of the people that like if people want to wait for marriage then i'm like do that, do what's best for you. But I am 100% of like shifting the narrative away from such like emphasis on it mm-hmm. because exactly what you said, if like the church technically could still teach like, Hey, we believe that waiting till marriage is the best option without mm-hmm. putting so much pressure on it. That exactly what happened to you happens to everybody else. Like this all your life, you're told it's so bad and terrible. And all of a sudden you say a couple words in front of people and like God snaps his fingers and is like, it's magical. Now you can do it. Like that's not how it works. And I have heard so many stories of like people I know, like podcasts I've listened to articles I read of like women having to go to like sex therapy, basically Mm -hmm. like talk to a therapist to like uncover their shame and actually like, and again, we've talked about this before, like the body carries trauma. So like mm-hmm. developing, like, um, I forget what the, the correct terminology is, but you know, basically like your lady parts don't do what they're supposed to inject. Sex isn't enjoyable for you because you're so like traumatized by things. Vaginismus. Vaginitis. Yes. No, um, vaginismus. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. So like, you the know, that's you happened. Vaginitis yeah. would be a disease, Spencer. <laughs> Okay, I thought that's they both sound like it is. It's awful. It's awful. But anyways, word aside, that yeah, I think um, and again, especially women, like men don't carry, like some men do, but men don't carry the same amount of shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, it's uh, it's always this sort of like, you know, husbands get to the wedding night and they're like, 
this is gonna be awesome because like, men are gonna taught, suck for her but it'll be awesome for me yeah men are taught that their sexual desire is natural and of course you have these feelings of course you want to have sex all the time but you really shouldn't women are taught that you are a dirty disgusting whore if you have sex before marriage because women shouldn't have sexual drives yeah and that's not even getting into like them telling you not to tempt other people by the way you dress before you're married Mm -hmm. like, you can't do that to a man type of thing and that's another thing that like just pissed me off to no end yeah i mean my parents still kind of do that they like if i'm wearing my pajama shorts and a tank top and a male family member is coming over god forbid and i'm like i think i'm all right we this person is a family a relative as far as i know they're not a predator and if they are lord knows snip snip bitch i don't give up <laughs> i kick somebody's ass <laughs> but anyways all that to say i highly recommend uh, Abby, if you haven't already, and listeners, you read a cute little book that I just finished by Matthias Roberts called Beyond Shame. It's a lovely book written. He's a psychotherapist, and he kind of talks all about, like, why we have shame, like, kind of like the science therapy side of it and, like, the religious aspects of it all. Um, it's lovely, and it really... I don't have a lot of shame around sex, but I mean, lots of people do. And I definitely like, I think you should read it. That's the whole point that I was trying to make. That'll, that'll be a good counter counterpoint for all the uh, purity books I was forced to read growing up. Yes. I was also saved from that because nobody spoke English in my church. <laughs> I still have them because I wrote stuff in them. But I don't want anybody else to see. So I'm um, like, Burnham. So, so when me and my husband were getting ready to move, I, I kept all of mine for similar reasons. And then also I was like, I'm going to go to Bible college. Maybe I'll need these, you know? And I, it was the opposite effect. I actually used them for assignments to be like, this is trash. We shouldn't teach kids. <laughs> but before we moved, my husband and I um, actually burned them. And it was very freeing yes. to do it with my husband, who has always been very like, reassuring to me because I carried so much shame of like oh my god I've been with other people and you never have and he was like I don't care like if anybody has made you feel <laughs> like don't like, and again like for him to be like I am choosing you for you as a, like a human being like your personality like all this stuff like has nothing to do with like those choices you've made and if anybody has made you feel less than like that's them not you and not me and so yeah we burned them and it was very therapeutic so if you i think you and your husband might enjoy that of burning. i think i need to have a weenie roast oh yes. weenie roast appropriately named appropriate <laughs> is there is there a book in particular that like sticks out to you because oh, there's yeah. one that i like hate more than all the others oh gosh i mean there were i had i had like a lot of them the two mm -hmm. that i still have my dog is crying the two that I still have are one by Elizabeth Elliot called Passion and Purity. <laughs> and then there was, there was one by, actually, I don't remember, but it's called And the Bride Wore White. Oh my fucking um, both Jesus. Sound terrible. <laughs> yeah. They were both winners. Um, winners. But, but they were both along the lines of like, you know, if you, if you do this before marriage, you are faulty. And if you're a virgin, when you get married, then you're a prize for your husband. And I'm like, 
no <laughs> i ain't no prize the oh, uh, person <gasps> okay i just looked it up the uh the bride wore white is by uh dana gresh and um yeah, there's a lot of things she's written that we don't stand like. Dana, what the fuck? <laughs> she wrote um, Secret Keeper Girls, which oh, is God. like... What is that? So Secret Keeper Girls is like um, keeping like femininity a secret. So like dressing modestly and like Mm-mm. like saving the best parts of yourself for your husband and for God because it's like femininity is like a gift and has to be kept a secret and like in the books would like like there was like diagrams of like you need to bend over because if your shirt looks like this or your pants look like this then you're not allowed to wear that and like worship appropriate if you raise your arms in the air yes oh you see your tummy nope burn it and they actually um she actually changed the name of secret keeper girls because a lot of women were coming forward and saying that the name and like the whole like keeping femininity a secret and all of this actually like caused them to like hide their abuse because they thought mm-hmm. it was their fault because it was always like it has to be kept a secret so now it's called true girl or something like that um because that yeah, makes it better yeah so I don't bullshit anyway uh, yeah we don't stand her um yeah so her books are terrible the one that i hated the most was it was for it was for boys and girls it was called dateable oh god no it was written by a man (laughs) and a woman i had that one and do you remember the do you remember the the car like the oh like holding hands is like rubbing Uh your hand across a new car's paint job and then like kissing is sitting in the front seat and like touching the wheel making out is putting it in gas and like going a little too fast and then like basically it all led up to like if you have premarital sex like you totaled this brand new car oh my god never you'll never get the value back now yes like you'll (laughs) never get the value back like you're trash like you may run again but you'll never be the same and i was like how about we stop comparing people to objects (laughs) yeah right no that whole book and the weird thing about the book was it had like in the margins it was supposed to look like 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 a teenager had doodled in it Mm -hmm. so there was quotes about like if you dress like a piece of meat you'll get thrown on the barbecue and on that page were like a bunch of little hamburgers and i remember being like what the actual hell am i reading right now like are you kidding me (laughs) i i am so grateful to be first generation (laughs) (laughs) again and these are the kind of books that like you know they were given to me for a small group or like dateable i think i was like at the christian bookstore like with my aunt and she was like this looks fun and i was like okay like why not and uh yeah it was not fun (laughs) Yeah, um, I definitely interesting initially until you, you know, open it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not even think about these books ever again. Instead, another book suggestion. I'm back into reading everybody, so um, I recommend uh, Brenda Marie Davies on her knees instead. Great book. Go get that one. She talks all about her journey outside of purity culture. Um, I'm very sad <laughs> right now. <laughs> and let, okay, then let's try and like wrap up on a happy note of Abby, you know, you and your husband been married for a few years now. 
kind of going through this like eight years. Eight years? Yep. Dang. Okay. More than a few. Love that. Um, so you know, going through this sort of like like leaving like church and like deconstructing different beliefs. What are some like things that you think that you guys like share? Like what are highlights that have made your like marriage stronger or like you like feel like you're like thriving in because of taking away these like shame factors and things like that? I mean, I feel like we're able to talk more openly like about our opinions on things like especially with because when you're around just a whole bunch of Christians constantly you're constantly getting like super conservative opinions and it was there was just something really freeing about like seeing like some like stupid racist white old man on the news and being like fuck that guy (laughs) and like both of us were like yeah and we like bonded over it (laughs) and it was freaking great um, but also, I mean, I feel like it, it hasn't, it wasn't, I don't think until like maybe like a year and a half ago that we finally, I think like fully deconstructed, like about like our intimacy and stuff like that, because we just wouldn't talk about it because I guess we thought that that was bad still, um, well, you didn't want to make each other feel bad either. Yeah. It's it's been really freeing to be able to have opinions. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like I know what you mean. Like no longer like sit down, shut up, this is your opinion. Like uh and it's really funny too, like listening to your guys' podcasts <laughs> and like there's a couple other podcasts that's good Christian fun. Great white American Jesus. Oh yes. Um, they're so much fun. And there's just something really bonding over having that shared completely ridiculous experience. Mm-hmm. And, like there's things that you, that come out that you don't even realize that you like retained and you're like, what the hell? And then you both laugh about it later. Wow, you just described the whole uh, mission statement of the podcast, Abby. You get, you got the assignment. Gold star. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just even like, you know, we were just talking about of like, hey, did you read that book? And just being like adults that can laugh, like, dude, what the heck? That was a trip. Like, it is so freeing because I think for so long when you kind of just have to accept these things, like when you question it, like, like I remember reading that book and like, obviously I, when I read it at like 16, 17, there were certain things that I was like, Oh, like, yeah, this makes sense. But then there are other things, like I said, like, like the, you totaled your car. I was like, how do people not see that this is not good? Like, I don't understand, mm-hmm. but you just have to kind of take it because you're like, well, this is, must be what everybody believes. So like, I'm just a used car now. Who's going to want me? I don't know. Lots of people because the used car market right now is insane. True. I (laughs) really use a good used car, guys. I'm not going to lie. I was like, so right now I'm a goddamn prize. Hell yes. Could really use a 2005 Corolla right about now. Ooh, because those Corollas will last you forever. For freaking Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Come on, guys. Get the used cars. Who gives a fuck? Anyways, what a fun time. I love bonding with my fellow AG people. Even though we have very different experiences, Abby. <laughs> I love it. That's okay, though. Yes, it's okay. I mean, not very... It, there's very common threads, you know? So, it really works out. Um, but where can the people find you if you want to be found? And if not, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, um, I have a TikTok. It's Abby Loves Dogs 17 Um, I don't think I have anything I want to plug. I don't really do anything that exciting um i'm a dog walker so if you live around my area and you have a dog you need walked hit me up but that's about it that is the perfect plug abby come on we got to get you those dogs let's get it we love more it dogs i need more dogs and more tiktok followers you should really get in on that dog tiktok I try, but I feel like by the time i find a trend that i'm like oh i could totally do that it's been like months and i'm like Nah. No, you gotta give us the secrets behind dog walking. All like the shitty like or like dog personalities, like give dogs like voices. Yeah, or like the a day in my life as a dog walker. (laughs) We're giving you anyways, send Abby all your hot tips. Solid gold ideas. I'm gonna go follow her on TikTok, so you should too. Yeah. Speaking of following. Where can people follow us, Spencer? <laughs> they can find us on Instagram at Speaking in Church. They can find Josie at Josie Takes the World. They can find me at Spence Rose. If you want to follow my TikTok, it's at Speaking Spence. Um, <laughs> and uh, send us an email, speakinginchurch at gmail.com. We're still waiting on that lone conservative. It's fine. We can wait. I get it. I'm scary. Uh, I, I found it. out that one of our friends, every time we post a little come on the pod, one of our friends DMs them to like John Piper, <laughs> to all these other people, like hoping they respond. <laughs> oh my God. I'm gonna Can you imagine though like wow. honestly like she'll send me screenshots of like today I sent it to so and so like I she literally just sent me one and I was like I am gonna scream when like one of these people finally replies I feel like I can guess which friend this is probably <laughs> she uh if you guys follow um I think it's uh like edgy Christina or like edgy Chris something like that I don't know mm-hmm. She's like a comedian, and yeah, uh, one of our besties got on her stories today for being hilarious. So. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> we're making waves, everybody, and so are our yeah. friends. <laughs> so, in the interest of making waves, stay woke or get woke. And Jesus loves you. Bye. This has been an Irreverent Media Podcast.